Hey guys, we want to share a quick trigger warning because we do talk about sexual assault in this episode and we know that can be sensitive for some people. Overall, this episode is so inspiring and empowering, but wanted to make sure we gave you a heads up. We can absolutely fight for our rights and also not give up our dreams. Feeling very inspired. I'm feeling empowered. I feel unstoppable. You know, now you have to go into space. Yeah, yeah, And now you have to save the universe. (laughs) (laughs) On to to the next small thing. (laughs) So go to the next galaxy and save them too. Welcome back to the Core Self Podcast. I'm Chloe. And I'm Mona. So today's guest has an incredible, if not tumultuous journey from learning to be a survivor, then to an advocate while training to be an astronaut. Amanda Nguyen is not only a Nobel Peace Prize nominee, but also the 2022 Time Woman of the Year and someone I'm so honored to call my friend. Plus, Chloe, you've had the opportunity to work with her this year. I have. We're still working together on legislation for music education, which is so hard. (laughs) There's so much. There's so it's so complicated, but it's also so not complicated. And Amanda's uh, program, Rise Justice Labs, taught me that, taught me how a regular person like you and me. Yep can pass a law if we want to. And and it's really inspiring. It's it's amazing how I didn't know that you can actually reach out to your local legislators, your Congress people, and ask them questions. And their, their job is to answer you. Like, I never right. knew that. Like, I was always like, oh, I don't want to ask about this because I don't want to reach out to this. Or so, you know, how do you get to these people? But their actual job is to talk to and listen to their constituents. So she taught me that. And so the whole process on how to really make change at a systemic level. She taught me so many things in this episode. I feel like I've never felt so empowered because you just assume, like, what can I really do to change a law or create a law? And we get into that in this episode. And also, I mean, her journey was going in a very different direction. And, you know, she had something very traumatic happen to her, which totally shifted her life, but then changed the world for the better. And she's just like, honestly, an impressive woman. She is truly an amazing human being. And I think because I know her on a personal level, I can say that she practices what she preaches and she is just a great person to be around and inspiring, but also so much fun. Well, I want to hang out with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone listening, you're going to love this episode. Um, you will leave feeling inspired, empowered, in awe. This is just one of the most impressive people I've ever had the privilege to talk to. And you might just want to pass a law when you're done. And you can. Yes. Okay, guys, enjoy the episode. So, oh my God, Amanda, thank you so much for doing this, for joining us. I know you're so busy and you're out there saving the world and doing fashion and being amazing and doing (laughs) movies. So thank you so much (laughs) for being here. (laughs) Of course. Oh, my God. I love you. Anything for you. I think we're going to start with just letting everyone know how we became friends, how we, you know, uh, ended up working together and being. I I consider you, even though I don't see you as much, I I feel like you're one of my closest friends. You had such an impact on me. Yeah, you've had I mean, you've just had such a huge impact on on me in so many different ways. I mean, you've changed my whole life. I'll never be the same. First of all. Every time I see you, I hear that you have like another best friend and it's because everyone loves you. I think by now, if you wanted the like superscript of Marvel that you would best friend your way. 100%. Okay. 
because I think everyone who meets you falls in love with you. And I absolutely can say the same things that you've told me, which is you've changed my life. As I think about it, I think you've been there for the biggest moments of my life, from my joy to my work, right? Like you were there for like hours upon hours at the United Nations while we were waiting for the world to vote on our resolution. Thank you so much for being there. You were there for our rocket launch. Like that was so fun. Oh my God. Wait, Chloe, that's why you went to the rocket launch? (laughs) Yes, because of Amanda. I knew you were going. I didn't know it was because of Amanda. Okay, this makes sense now. She's like, I'm going to a rocket launch. And I was like, I need context. What's happening? You invited me. And I was like, wait, when? Where, where do we go? I know. I was like, I, have, I invited everyone. I was like, we have to all. I'm like trying to make NASA the new hotspot. Like, yes. you know, I was like, next yes. rocket launch, we have to all go. We have to make it a thing because it's the coolest thing in the world. It, it really is cool. It's really cool. But yeah, I think we met because you wanted to support my activism. And I'm so grateful for it. And now the rest is literally history. history. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I just, you know, when I think the first time we actually collaborated work wise was when you um, asked me to perform at the General Assembly virtually. That was during the pandemic. Yes, that's right. Yeah, And I was so honored. Thank you for including me. Thank you for performing. <laughs> you literally helped bring the world together. And then we're there in person to witness the world pass our resolution. So thank you. Yeah. So I think Mona, you, Mona has so many questions. She asks me so, so many, many questions. questions. I'm like, shut up, save it for the podcast. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Stop talking. <laughs> I, I was actually going to ask because I know you guys, I mean, I, Amanda, I've heard the best things about you from Chloe and Chloe has a lot of best friends, but she speaks so highly of you. So I was so excited to sit down and talk to you. It's interesting because you do so many things. What would you say is like your, like, what's your primary focus or is there just so many things going on? I don't even know how you do it all. (laughs) Yeah, I think that we're all multitudes. So I love civil rights. I love space. And these things are both a part of me. For the past 10 years, my focus, my like North Star has been civil rights for women, for survivors of all genders, and specifically, you know, survivors of sexual violence. So That has been like my 24-7 living, breathing thing. And I'm in this moment of transitioning now, right? I don't know how much you know about my story, but I got into my activism because I am a survivor. I was raped and I remember having to choose between my dreams of becoming an astronaut versus justice. And that's something that no one has to be put through, you know, or should be put through, but survivors are put through it every day. And I remember this Michelle Obama quote where she says, and I'm not going to get it right, but she says, you can do it all. You just can't do it at the same time. I love that. Yeah. I, for the past decade, you know, I, I sacrificed my dream of wanting to go to space in order to fight for these rights. And at first it was just mine, right? Like it was, I spoke up about my story. I wanted to, I was raped at Harvard. And so yeah, shorthand, I call myself a civil rights astronaut. And that's because one day I do hope to go to space. And I I want that moment to prove that people, survivors, women, we can have these multitudes within us, we can absolutely fight for our rights and also not give up our dreams. I just want to say, so that 
the topic of rape and sexual violence, like my heart's pounding right now. I, it's always been my biggest fear. I don't know if it happened to me in a past life. There's something where I can't watch it on TV. So going through something like that, was it your natural instinct to speak out right away? Because I can imagine it's like, I don't want anyone to know and there's shame and you don't want to be branded. Like what was your like first thought? Honestly, for a whole week, it kept looping in my mind. Why did this happen? Why did this happen? And at the end of that week, I realized I will never be able to answer that question. I will never be able to get into the mind of my rapist because it's the wrong thing to do. And also, like, I'm not a rapist, so I will never understand why it happened. And when I was able to bring myself that closure, then it transformed into something else. Because what hurt me wasn't only the rape. It was being betrayed by America's criminal justice system, right? I, I went to the system. I asked for help. And in my case, I found out that they could dest- the government can destroy evidence in Massachusetts at six months. In New York, it was 30 days before my law passed there. Mona, did you know this? No, this is a, it's an as a woman, it's infuriating yeah. because this is like one of the most horrible things that could actually ever happen. And to you. so many times women aren't going to come forward right away. Yes. So after 30 no. days, I mean, right. If the evidence that 30 isn't days there, is like your process. It could take like a year years to recover. That's horrible. The fact that even within the system, it, there's, you know, 15 years, 20 years, even unlimited time for people to come back recognizes that the gravity of the trauma of these situations requires people to be able to heal in order to come back. But the criminal justice system is stacked against survivors. By the way, the conviction rate for rape in the United States of America is less than 1%. Why is that? Do you guys know through all the work you've done? Is it because, like, tell me, please. Yeah, well, the real answer is that the law has a gender and that gender is not female, right? Who creates the laws that govern us, by whose standards are we all subjugated to. And when you don't have people who've had lived experiences, who have representation, who are consistently checking their privilege and or using empathy to govern, then this is the system that we create. And that system disproportionately disadvantages those who are not in the drafting table, right? Who gets to be in that room writing these laws? And so that's why I decided to focus on right legislation, writing my rights into existence, penning my rights into existence. And that's how she created Rise. Well, I was going to ask, what's the process of like, I am going to write a new bill like that to someone else. That sounds like, how do you what's step one? Yeah. <laughs> how do you even go about doing that? <laughs> right. That's exactly what I thought when I applied for her RISE program. <laughs> Chloe, you're doing the same thing with music education. Yes. Where I'm like, how do you even start typing this out? I need to know the process. Yeah, well, the first part is identifying what the issue is, right? And that's why it's so important to understand, have the voices of those whose lives are impacted by the issue in the room drafting this bill drafting this law with you because the people who have the solutions the world's Mm. most pressing problems are the people who live that problem every day and so the first thing is to put down what the problem is and then research what solutions might exist out there right so finding legal precedents right 
understanding what are the policy solutions that other people may have come up with, what are your ideas for a policy solution, and then after doing a landscape of research, narrowing down exactly what your mission will be, what the bill you want to write will say. So yes, it sounds a lot, but when you break it down into these steps, it's a lot easier. It's cool because it makes it not like it's so easy, but it's attainable for people who are passionate about something. And I think that the value or rather the measure of a democracy in a country is when you go out and you ask people, do you feel like you have a voice in this country? And if people say no, then there's something really wrong. And in the United States, I think that there has been massive gaslighting of the people in this country to forget that we have a constitutional right to petition the government, right? It's not only marching and voting and running for office. There's actually another door to democracy, and that's writing your own law. Wow. And it doesn't just end at the ballot box, right? Right now, we, I think especially the media is caught up in this cycle of, okay, well, we have these races and we have these campaigns and you're going to vote for these, you know, idealized, put on platform politicians. But once they get into office, what do they do for us? You know, and um, will they hold their promises? Are they going to actually serve the people? Or are they serving their own interests? And we've seen how that has played out for us. I mean, Amanda basically taught me that someone like me who does, doesn't know anything about politics can write a law. Yes. Yes. And pass a yeah. law. That's how I feel. So, I mean, there's a lot going on in Iran right now. Um, I'm, uh, you know, I'm Iranian and I've never had, I have no experience in activism. I'm a science major. I'm, that's my specialty. So politics has always been challenging for me and honestly intimidating because I'm like, I don't want to speak on something I'm not confident in. But this obviously is a very personal issue, which has made me start to get into activism. And I've been really loud, but it's almost like, what can I do? Is it going to make a difference? So hearing something like this is really inspiring. Obviously, we're in a different country than the women of Iran. So there's obviously different nuances to it. But just knowing that one person can start this thing and change this entire law, I think it's amazing. First of all, I have to say that you are so overqualified for any type of activism that you want to do. Because just imagine what somebody else who has all the... I don't know if I should say this on here, but you know what? I'm just going to say a mediocre white man will go in and say, I deserve everything, you know, versus a woman having imposter syndrome and being like, oh, you know, I need to have all these qualifications in order to like even think about it. Oh, story of my life. I hate it. Totally. Right. And so... When I started Rise, you know, I I grew up from an immigrant family, a refugee family. And so I didn't know how to raise money. And I literally wrote on this like post-it. I said, if Ted Cruz can fundraise for his bad ideas, I can fundraise for my good ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I love that. That needs to be a a (laughs) t-shirt. I would wear that. Yeah, I would wear that. So yeah, let me just say that you're so qualified to speak on these issues, especially because, you know, especially the ones that you live in. Imposter syndrome is such a thing, and I I don't know if women experience it more than men, but it really, it's a made-up belief that holds us back because you can make a big difference. It's amazing, you know, g- going to a program like RISE, being part of a program like RISE, seeing Amanda and the, and the work that they do, just a small group of people. And I, I think historically, a lot of the biggest change happens through these small groups of really passionate people like moms 
students like Amanda, you, you know, it's like that that's how change happens. And it's it's not often coming from like Verizon. <laughs> no offense to Verizon. I mean, like, you know, I just my service has actually been really bad lately. So I do have a bone to pick with them. <laughs> Amanda, can you tell us a little bit about Rise? Yeah, absolutely. So Rise is a civil rights accelerator. It's similar to tech accelerators like um, Y Combinator, 500 Startups. And what we do is we seed activists. So if you look at the entrepreneurship model, right? I mean, we live in a capitalist society. No wonder these things work really well for money. But when you look at the entrepreneurship model, you have these accelerators that give seed funding, mentorship, and basically lower the barrier to entry to the market for these startups, right, for these ideas. And that doesn't exist for activists until now in the United States through RISE. So what we do is there are people from the community who have these amazing ideas, but they need mentorship. They need seed funding, someone to help them lower the barrier to entry uh, to Congress. And there's actually a system that is very well oiled for those who have money. It's called lobbying, right? In our government right now, those who have a lot of money can actually buy their voice and their way into our democracy. And so if democracy is for the highest bidder, is it still a democracy? Right. And that's what we're trying to challenge, which is, you know, why are these laws written in a way that disadvantage the majority of the people in this country. We need to fix that. And so that's what RISE does. So we have several programs, but the main overarching one is teaching people how to pen their own rights into existence. That's really, so it's basically like if someone wants to get into this work and doesn't know where to start, needs help, needs funding, they would they contact, how would it work? Would they go online and they would apply. You're taking applications now, now, right? We are for our next cohort. Um, and it's of issues from all over. You know, we've had music education. We've had disability rights. We've had um, gun violence prevention. And we draw our expertise from the body of work that we've done passing 65 laws. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Yes. If I was a member of Congress, I would be the most successful member of Congress because I have passed more laws than... 99% of those who have seats in power right now. That's what I used to want to run. And then I was like, no, like I'm actually not interested in power for power's sake. As an activist, as a civil society member, we can do so much because we're out of the partisan dialogue. Wow. So you said you passed how many laws with Rice? 65. It's insane. What If you had to pick like the ones that have been the most meaningful, I mean, I know they're all so important, but just tell us a few because that I don't even get registered at first. That's a big deal. The most meaningful one is my first one, which is the federal law for the United States of America. And, you know, people have different dis- definitions of what justice means to them. To me, I know what justice means to me. And that is making sure that no one has to go through what I had to go through. And I remember when the law passed, I was standing at the Lincoln Memorial, just looking at the reflection pool at the Capitol. And my team had met up at a restaurant, we were going to celebrate. And I just told them, you know, like, go ahead, I just need time to myself to process this. And I'm, I think it was very lucky that no one was there. Because in that moment, I literally, 
Have you ever watched the movie Mad Max Furiosa? No. It's scary. Mona doesn't like scary movies. Oh. It's a little bit <laughs> scary and violent. I'm very sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. I very totally sensitive. understand that. <laughs> yeah. There's this moment in the movie where the main character, spoiler, she has a, she finds out that like, you know, the person that she wants to see and, and seek out isn't there. And the movie just goes silent and she's on this dune. It's Charlize Theron. And she falls down and she screams. She just screams. And you can't hear it, but you can see it. And that's what I did. On those steps, I just I just let out this like very cathartic and just ground shattering scream because all of the pain that I have locked up, all of that through not only my rape, but being betrayed by America's criminal justice system to making the choice to fight the government and win these rights and to win it unanimously, you know, to prove that this system, this democracy maybe is for us if we will it to be so. That was justice for me. And it was the most grounding, but also out of body experience. It is the closest thing to justice that I've ever felt yeah, that was my first law. The second time was for the United Nations um, that just passed. But the first time, that is the most meaningful one. That gave me chills. I, you know, I don't, um, I, I love self-growth and healing. And I've done a lot of workshops and things. And there's moments where they ask you to scream and let it out. And it's always been really uncomfortable for me because it was forced. But this last year, I've gotten very deep into my meditations. And there's moments I meditate alone only because I, I, will do weird things. And it's an odd, almost like this scream will just come out sometimes. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm holding on to in my body, but I'm not doing it. So I always like to make sure I'm alone. So it's a really authentic experience, but I totally understand like your body needs to release whatever you're holding on to. And I feel like that helps me every day, whatever, whatever I'm carrying throughout the day and weeks. Do you have something that's how, like, did you meditate before? Did you start? Or was there something that helped you? Have you heard of the overview effect? You have a little. Mo- we we talked about it before a little bit. Maybe I don't know the, t- the the actual title. Tell me. Yeah. So when astronauts go to space for the first time, many of them experience this overview effect, where it's essentially an existential crisis, and it is this crisis where astronauts see everything that's ever lived or died right on this pale blue dot. And they realize that we are on the spaceship Earth together. So many of them leave Earth as, you know, technical people and then return to Earth as activists, as humanitarians, profoundly moved to try to change the world in some way. Wow. That makes so much sense. So have you just always been fascinated by space? Yeah, it's something that gives me peace and gives me perspective. You know, I think that when you look up in the sky and you see all of these lights, right, you know, that photon has spent millions of years reaching your eye and we are but a blink of the eye in the universe, but we are also able to, you know, think, to be cognizant, to fight for our rights, to love and even feel pain. And I think that that makes us so special, you know, and so whenever I get overwhelmed or, you know, if I feel like I'm getting caught up in these petty politics, I just think about the overview effect. And that is what has helped me pass these 65 laws. You know, I didn't know it was called the overview effect, but I do the same thing. So there's moments when I'll get very overwhelmed or upset. And I just think like, 
the universe is in perfect order. There's so many things bigger than me, and this is just a period in time, and it really, really does bring me peace, especially since I didn't grow up religious. So that's like my faith. That's what keeps me going. What else do you have going on? Um, tell us about other ob- uh, other uh, projects you have going on. Yeah, well, ever since we changed the world at the United Nations, yay! there has been several different art initiatives that we've done in order to raise awareness. And I'll talk about our fashion show because I think that one has been, has worked really well. So New York Fashion Week and the United Nations General Assembly are both in September. And, you know, I was sitting at a show and I love fashion. And one of the most commonly asked questions during Fashion Week is, I love your outfit. You know, what were you wearing to that show? And I realized that I had been asked this question in my life before, after my rape, what were you wearing? And it's the same exact words. And in the fashion context, it's agency, right? You got to uh, put on this outfit that makes you feel good. um, And it's your choice. The other one is literally shaming you for the violence that happened against you, taking away consent, taking away that choice. And so uh, as we were trying to get the attention of world leaders, we thought, okay, well, how do we do that? And we, I came up with this idea to have New York Fashion Week's first ever Survivor Fashion Show, where we invited all of these diplomats to come sit front row. <laughs> and we basically forced them to actually care about this issue <laughs> because you know, they wouldn't have shown up to, you know, an issue otherwise. And we had survivors walk the runway. They were paired with these designers who, you know, dressed them in clothes that made them feel good. Uh, we actually, for the last show, we had the outfits that the survivors were raped in. Um, and they were on these mannequins, and including mine. And each survivor, it was very metaphorical, uh, walked past the outfit that we were raped in in the outfits that we chose to be in um, and walked down that runway in front of the world for these diplomats. And yeah, it worked. We confirmed 25 votes on the spot. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And we're going to be doing that again. So we use this art as a way to bring people together and also to, you know, pass these rights. I think it's really cool for anyone I mean, who wants to get into activism or is interested. I think finding ways to connect and relate to people, right? It doesn't always have to be black and white. And that's just like, that's something I wouldn't forget. That's so powerful and so moving. So I think it's amazing that you're finding different angles. Thank you. Yeah. Come to the next show. It'll be fun. I, if I knew, I actually learned about it before this podcast and I was like, I wish I knew about this. It's, I mean, incredible. It was the best New York Fashion Week fashion show. Thank you. I can imagine. Another reason why, I mean, we've talked about this. I think fashion is so artistic and such a form of self-expression and when used in the right light can bring so much positivity when it's not a, you can't sit with us energy. Totally. What have you learned about yourself through this process? Like when you were a little girl, were you, did you see this strong, powerful woman who was going to make all these changes? Like, did you know you had it in you? I don't think so. I was just so mad. You know, to be honest, it was pure rage in the beginning. You know, this just, I was so angry that the system that I was told, you know, these like sacrosanct rights could actually in practice be 
not there for us, not protect us. So I don't know that as a child, especially growing up, not seeing other people who looked like me, right? I would be able to say that, oh, one day you'll be there. But for me, it was just, there was no other option. You know, it was like, do this. I was just so, that was my justice for me. And I think now that I've passed all these laws, it's no longer anger because anger can fuel a movement, but it can't sustain it. It has to be hope. And for me, I have that hope now and I want to be able to bring it to other people for whatever issue they're fighting for. That's so beautiful. I love that. Anger can fuel a movement, but it can't sustain it. I love that. That's amazing. (sighs) Amazing. Is there anything you want to tell us, tell our listeners to follow or listen to? Well, if people want to follow our work, um, it's risenow.us. That's our website. Um, Similar for our Instagram handle. If you want to follow me and my journey to space, hopefully, it's um, Amanda Ngapuing. That's my full name. That's my handle on TikTok and on Instagram. But I, I just want people, if there's anything that take away from this, I want you to know that you are so powerful, that the light is already in you and that no one is powerless when we come together, right? No one is invisible if we demand to be seen. So just go out there and be seen. And if you want to apply to Rise, you can apply. That's right. Check us out, risenow.us. You left me feeling inspired and more powerful, truly. I mean, I, I feel like uh, anyone who wants to be inspired or just, I mean, know what they're capable of should follow Amanda. Oh, thank you so much, Amanda, for joining us and for sharing your story and for everything that you, she does. <laughs> I'm like talking to you, but I'm talking to Amanda. I'm thinking about her and it just how inspiring that was. So what law are you going to pass now? <laughs> I have a lot of things on my mind, maybe a clean food law. You know, yeah. there's just a, I'm feeling very inspired. I'm feeling empowered. I feel unstoppable. So thank you, Amanda, for igniting something in me I didn't know I had, honestly. Yeah. You know, actually, like the school system, public school system food situation could mm-hmm. be a lot cleaner and a lot healthier. A lot better. And honestly, I actually feel like with Rise, there's like, okay, here are the steps you can take. Because again, I mean, remember when you were telling me you were passing that law with music, I was like, what's step A? Like, Girl, who do I, dear, to whom it may concern? I, I literally like to had to Google what is the Senate. And Same. Oh my what, God, I don't feel bad now. I was like, what is a law? <laughs> like, I'm not <laughs> even exaggerating. I, I actually typed in what is Senate and I bookmarked it. Bookmarked it because mm-hmm. It's not so accessible, and especially for people like us, like you are in science, you are in health. It's very different from politics and policy, social justice. Like these are all things like that are actual fields of study. And, you know, I just happen to not take those classes. So I don't I never knew that passing. It's not like it's easy, but it's not impossible. And I think that's really important to know that anybody out there can do it. Exactly. Like you have to put the work in, but here's someone to guide you along the way and kind of give you the steps from A to Z. Yeah, it's it's hard work. Like, I mean, I swear I've never studied so hard in my entire life as I studied during that accelerator program that I did with Rise. And it was so rewarding, but it was really hard. So, you know, it's not like, oh, anybody can do it, period. It's anybody can do it if they put in the work. But if you're passionate about something and 
you know, um, you need support. Rise is just such an amazing place. That's such a good distinction. Mm -hmm. Anybody can do it who puts in the work. I think that's just important overall because, you know, everyone wants a quick fix and like a quick rise to fame. And I think social media almost messes with you sometimes because so many people just go viral immediately. And then you don't think, you know, when it comes to, you know, having an online career, having a music career, anything, you have to put in the hard work Mm -hmm. and dedication, but it can be done. And I think to that, what people don't realize is like nobody is just great. Like they don't see all the hard work and practice and mm-hmm. effort that goes behind being great. So you'll see someone great and be like, oh, they were just born that way or they're just naturally talented or naturally smart or naturally this. No, there's a, so much hard work that goes into being great. Yep. So when you see someone great, just know like they've put in so many hours behind that and you just need to do the work. You can have a natural talent, but without putting in any of the work, it just might not get you anywhere. Maybe it just stays a hobby or something. To actually be successful, you have to put in the work. Yeah. So, Amanda, that was incredible. Thank you for coming on. Chloe, thank you for bringing this light ah, into my gonna life. And she's going to save the world here, and then she's going to go to space and save the universe. Right? And then I would like to go to space as well. <laughs> I want to do a space concert. Oh, my God. Oh God. There's no sound in space, so it's like physically impossible, but... Hey, nothing's impossible. That's what we learned today. Nothing's impossible. We learned that today. (laughs) That's it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week with a new episode. Make sure you follow Core Self on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And of course, follow us on Instagram at Mona Van and at Miss Chloe Flower. See you next week. Bye. Bye.